ओम पूर्णमद पूर्णमिदम पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवशिष्यते Build up. 
So you allow something to build up, then it assumes proportions, which becomes, makes it very difficult for you to handle. So this is called dhyato vishyadhyanam, or dwelling upon any given thing. If you allow your mind to dwell upon a given thing, then it starts assuming proportions, it gains momentum. And then the first stage is that liking is developed, then from that a desire or craving is developed, and then that craving today or tomorrow is going to be frustrated, and therefore kamas krodho vijayate, there is going to be anger and frustration, krodhat bhavati sammoha, and thus the whole series of false man, as was described in Bhagavad Gita, how from the anger we lose the sense of proportion, and from that we forget what is proper and what is not proper, and we do things which are not proper, which are not becoming, and this is called pranasaha. A repeated behavior on the part of a human being, which is not becoming of a human being, ultimately makes him fall even from the status of a human being. And so pranasati, this is how a person falls. So he is destroyed. As a person, he is destroyed. Therefore it is said that dhyanam or vishaya dhyanam, dwelling upon the sense objects is the root of all the evils and therefore that should definitely be given up. When we find our mind dwelling upon a particular pattern, we should recognize that, withdraw ourselves from that and deal with it. <coughs> Don't allow it to build up. How do we do that? Shakyam jetum manorajyam nirvikalpa samaditaha the method suggested by here, but also here is nirvikalpa samadhi, meaning completely give up that vikalpa. So mind is dwelling upon something, doing kalpana, doing imagination. Nirvikalpa samadhi, we should be able to completely eliminate that vikalpa or that kalpana, that fancy or the imagination of the mind, and this is the method of conquering this mind, meaning conquering this fanciful mind. But that doesn't happen right away. Sutampada kramatopi savikalpa samadhina. The first stage or the stage before that is called savikalpa samadhi, where some vikalpa kalpana is there, and ultimately that also is given up. And what is known as savikalpa samadhi or chittavrti nrodha, a complete cessation of the thoughts of the mind. So that is the method by which we can give up this. I mean, we can conquer this tendency of the mind to dwell upon things. <coughs> now, this is Nirvikalpa Samadhi, the ultimate goal that is sought by the yogis, where there is Ashtanga Yoga, starting from Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi. This yoga in eight steps culminates into the Samadhi, Savikalpa Samadhi, which again becomes means for nirvikalpa samadhi, or that samadhi is nirvikalpa samadhi, which becomes a means for some nirvija samadhi, as the Yoga Shastra describes. But how about the people who don't have that kind of training? This nanu astanga yoga yuktasya tatha astu. The one who is well trained in this patanjala yoga, astanga yoga, tatha astu, maybe he can attain the so-called nirvikalpa samadhi and thus conquer this mind or the fanciful mind. Tadrahirasthikagatihi What is the gati or what is the method for the one who doesn't have the training in Ashtanga Yoga? 
one who doesn't have training in pranayama or dharana, dhyana, samadhi, one who is not trained, so what about him? Is there a way that he can conquer his mind? This is a question. And a method is given in the verse 62. Buddha tattvena dosha
and in other many other places also, but in India, so much is said about uh, the Namasmaranam, remembrance and repetition of the name of God. And so much also said about the prayers in the form of repeating the mantra, and because that also enables one to gain absorption when chanting of that mantra is accompanied by the devotion and the reverence that goes with it, and that also grows in course of time. And therefore the prayer in the form of chanting Lord's name is considered to be the, one of the most effective methods. Even if you don't have the other training in terms of yoga, but then if you keep on doing this, that itself creates a state of mind which ultimately results into absorption of Chitta Vritti Nirodha. And that is also you can gain Chitta Vritti Nirodha or cessation of all the thoughts in the mind. And thus you can conquer the mind. That's the idea here. <coughs> However, an effective chanting or utterance of Om requires a certain preparation. Not anybody and everybody can effectively do that. Or for that matter, repetition, mental repetition of any mantra or any name also requires a certain disposition of mind. And so it is said, Buddha Tattvena, by the one by, by whom the tattvam or the truth is known. So buddham avagatam tattvam brahmatmaikya lakshanam yena saha buddha tattva tena buddha tattvena. So this omkara, the chanting of omkara becomes effective for the one who has the samskara of the shastra. So one who has exposed the mind to the scriptures. And through the Sharvanam listening to the scriptures, one who has gained the knowledge, at least intellectually one is understood. There is a conviction here that Brahmatmaikya Lakshanam Tattvam, that Atma is indeed Brahman or I am Brahman, this has been understood by whom on account of listening to the scriptures. One may not have the Aparoksha Jnanam or the immediate knowledge, but Paroksha Jnanam, the indirect knowledge is there. That shows that Japa or any, any practices, spiritual practices, is always better when there is knowledge of what is involved in that particular practice. Shreyohi Jnanam Abhyasad, as Lord Krishna says, Abhyasad Jnanam Shreya, merely repeating something. So, better than that is Jnanam, is knowing what that repetition means. And so, when I repeat this Omkara, if I know what Omkara stands for, Omkara is name of Brahman and that Brahman alone is a self. Soy Mahatma Chiraspat. I am Atma Brahma. Soy Mahatma Chiraspat. Sarvam Hyatad Brahma. I am Atma Brahma. Soy Mahatma Chiraspat. All this is indeed Brahman and that Brahman is nothing but myself, which self is, consists, consists of the four quarters as Mandukya Upanishad describes. So when this is known, then we know what Omkara stands for. How Omkara in fact denotes the identity between Jiva and Brahma. Because Omkara stands for Atma. It is a Turiya or the very witness of the waking dream and deep sleep. As well as it is a very substratum of the entire creation. And therefore Omkara itself denotes an identity between Jiva and Brahman. So one who has listened to the scriptures, reflected upon them, and has come to the understanding about about the, the nature of truth, meaning the identity between Jiva and Brahman. 
tena, then dhidosa sunyena. So two qualifications are given here. Three in fact. Buddha tattvena, one who has listened to the scriptures and reflected upon them and therefore has understood the nature of the truth, namely the identity of Jiva and Brahma. Dhidosa sunyena. And also one who is vairagya. So one who is free from the doshas or the defects or the problems in the mind. Kama krodhadi buddhi dosha rahitena. So this kama krodha, this passion, anger, etc., these are all the doshas or these are all the defects in the mind, which create agitations in the mind. And if the mind has its inner agitations, then it is not possible to really do japa. So this mental this repetition, japa is possible when the mind is quiet or relatively quiet. But then if there is kama krodha, variety of desires and passions are there, angers, ragadveshas are there, then that mind cannot be steady. And therefore, dhidosha shunyena, one who has largely eliminated these ragadveshas from one's mind as a result of karma yoga and whatever it takes. Sir <coughs> ekanta vasina. So, vijana desha nivasana nivasa shilena purushena. So, one is ekanta vasi. Again, that in pratyay is there, which means, so tachilyam. That shows that one by nature likes ekanta. Ekanta means solitude. So, ekanta vasina vijana desha nivasa shilena purushena. By the person who has natural liking for solitude. Vijana Pradesh, solitude means a place which is devoid of company, devoid of other people. So that is called Ekantavasa, living in, in solitude. So free from the company of other people. <coughs> so these three things are told. Then this Pranava Japa or this chanting of Omkara becomes effective. Otherwise it doesn't become effective. I don't know the identity between Jiva and Brahma, meaning I do not have the vision of the scriptures, or my mind is not quiet, it is inflicted by dislikes and dislikes, or I have all kinds of external disturbances. So Japa requires a freedom from inner disturbances and external disturbances also. The internal disturbances of the nature of Ragadvesha or Kamakrora, and then also this man has largely uh, eliminated. An external disturbance comes from the company of the people. So, Chakshu Srotram Mano Vatimidi. Chakshu Srotram Manaha and Vav. So, these are the four sources from where the disturbance comes. Chakshu means eyes. You see things and disturbance comes. Srotram means ears. You hear things, again disturbance comes. Vag, you say something, disturbance comes. And manaha, you imagine something, and disturbance comes. Of course, that inner disturbance in the form of Ragadveshas has been eliminated. But still, when there is this company of the people, meaning all the time going along with them, talking, listening what they have to say, and then saying things, etc., it does bring about disturbance in the mind. And so Ekantavasa, living in solitude, makes us free from these three, the disturbances coming from these three sources, namely seeing, hearing, and talking. The fourth disturbance that comes because of the restlessness of the mind 
Well, that has also been eliminated largely by elimination of Ragadveshas. And therefore they recommend Vikantavasa a, a, a dwelling in solitude. <coughs> so, my person who dwells or who lives in solitude, whose mind is essentially free from likes and dislikes and other doshas, and who has, on account of listening to the scriptures, has understood the identity between Jiva and Brahma by such a person, Dirgham Pranam Mucharya. So all of these compensate for lack of training in yoga. So if you don't have the other training like asana, pranayama, etc., then also if you have this training of Vedanta, meaning we study the samskara of the shravanam, and then also we have resolved so many so many problems of the mind and thus quiet in the mind. Now the final difficulty that the mind is wandering, that it is unsteady, that wanderingness or unsteadiness of the mind can be then eliminated by this pranava uchara. <coughs> so, ekantavasa shilena, vijanadesha nivasa shilena purushena. So, vijanadesha nivasaha, so nivasaha shilam yasya, the one who likes or naturally is at home with solitude. So, one who is at home with solitude and by him dirgham pranava mucharya, the deep chanting of deep chanting of, of pranava omkara should be done. Dirgam said dvadashadi matropetam. So pranava has three matras, but you stretch it out to six matras or stretch it out to twelve matras and even longer. And you yourself try. It just makes your mind calm. So when you produce a sound from the navel and slowly and slowly lift it, and elongated Om. And then as deep, you know, and as elongated, as long as you can do, you find that soon your mind becomes quiet. You can try this. When the mind is disturbed, sit down quietly and do this. And you find that the mind does become quiet. <coughs> so pranavam omkaram uchyarya. When one thus repeats its omkara, manorajyam vijayate, mind does become quiet, mind becomes concentrated or it develops this concentration. So this manorajyam, the wandering of the mind, you know, can be conquered in this manner. Vijayate, vinivaryate, ityartaha, vadas. One can make one's mind free from this manorajya in this manner. <coughs> but is it important? All of this in Vedanta, is there any importance for the Ragadvesha? That we always talk about, the Ragadvesha should go. But is it very important that the mind also should be single-pointed or that it should be silent? says, yes. So, silence of the mind is called freedom from Manorajya. Chattering of the mind is called Manorajya and silence of the mind is freedom from Manorajya. So, he talked about the silence of the mind also. says, Manorajya Vijay, Kimbhavati. Suppose the mind has become silent, then what what is what is it that you achieve by that? Ittyataha. <coughs> when this question is there, the answer is given in the verse 63. Jite tasmin vritti shunyam manastishthati mukavata 
तत्पदम वसीन राय बहुधेरित जीते वृत्तून्य मन ठति मुकवत तस्मिन मनोराज्ये जिते वन वन गेन्स एक वन वन कॉन्कर्स दिस मनोराज्य मीनिंग वन मेक्स माइंड फ्री फ्रॉम दिस मनोराज्य वॉन्डरिंग और चैटरिंग देन वन द माइंड इज फ्री फ्रॉम चैटरिंग मन मुकवत ठति वृत्तिशून्यम माइंड बिकम्स फ्री फ्रॉम वृत्ति ऑफ द थिंकिंग सो द चैटरिंग ऑफ द माइंड बिकम्स क्वाइट माइंड बिकम्स क्वाइट मुकवत पिष्ठति लाइक ए मैन सिट्स क्वाइट विदाउट अटरिंग एनीथिंग एंड सो सो द माइंड बिकम्स क्वाइट विदाउट अटरिंग एनीथिंग सो मुक मीन्स अ पर्सन हु इज क्वाइट मुक मीन्स म्यूट एज अ मैटर फैक्ट सो म्यूट पर्सन जस्ट एज इट इज नॉट अटर एनी वर्ड सो माइंड ऑल्सो बिकम्स म्यूट सो नॉर्मली माइंड किप्स ऑन चैटरिंग यू सिट क्वाइटली ऑल राइट आउटर आउटवर्डली But inwardly, the mind keeps on chattering, and as long as that mind is chattering so long, mind cannot be abiding. So one cannot abide in this knowledge as long as this chattering or wandering of the mind is. And so it is necessary that mind should become silent. <coughs> this is also part of the manasa tapaha, which Lord Krishna talks about in 17th chapter. Manas prasada ha samyatvam. मौनम आत्म विग्रह भाव संशुद्धिचेद तपोमान समुच्यते मन प्रसाद चीयरफुलनेस ऑफ द माइंड और प्लेजेंटनेस ऑफ द माइंड सौम्यत्व सौम्यत्व मीन्स बीइंग सौम्य नॉट बीइंग हार्श बट बीइंग सौम्य बीइंग सॉफ्ट और बीइंग प्लेजेंट मौनम देन साइलेंस ऑफ द माइंड आत्म विनिग्रह सेल्फ कंट्रोल भाव संशुद्धि प्योरिटी ऑफ द स्वार्थ सो दिस इज ऑल्सो सी टू बी डिपेंड ऑन ऑस्टेरिटी ऑफ द माइंड एंड सो डिसाइड मनस्तिष्ठति मुखवत माइंड जस्ट अबाइज साइलेंटली लाइक अ म्यूट पर्सन माइंड ऑल्सो अबाइज साइलेंटली टीकाकार यथा मूख सकलवाद व्यवहार रहित तिष्ठति एवं मनोपी सर्वव्यापारहितिष्ठतेलेंट without any vyapara without any transaction without any chattering at all mind also stays silent <coughs> and this is the kind of mind that should be achieved so great value is there for a silent mind also by silent mind we do not necessarily mean a mind that is not capable of thinking or that is is like a stone you know here we are talking about a mind that is like a flame as lord krishna also says so uh, mind is compared to the flame so yathadipo nivatastha nengate sopamasruta yogino yatachittasya yunjato yogamatmanah just as the flame of a lamp 
does not does not move at all. So in a windless place, or let us say a breezeless place, the flame, how it remains steady, and so also the mind of a yogi remains steady. Nengate, it doesn't shake, it doesn't move. And so the mind is steady, not dull. It is like a flame, which means that it is conscious. It is enlightened, all right, but then silent. So we are talking about a silent abiding mind which does not find any need to talk. So mute is not a very good illustration because a mute may want to talk and is not able to talk. But here we are talking about a person who finds no need to talk. And so is a mind which does not find any need to chatter, any need to flutter. Such a mind is a silent mind, an abiding mind, a happy mind, a mind that is at home with itself. So this is how the mind becomes. When you thus make the mind free from this manoraja or this fluttering and chattering, mind becomes silent and becomes abiding. <coughs> and in Kathopanishad also all of this is stated there. Yada Panchavatishthande Vinyanani Manasasaha Buddhistana Vicheshtadi Tamahu Paramam Gatim Tam Yogam Simanyante Kathopanishad says this state of mind is called yoga. When pancha-avatishthande, jnana-ni, all the organs of perception, all of them become quiet. The mind also becomes quiet. Buddhistana, which I study, buddhi also does not, doesn't flutter, meaning doesn't raise any questions, also becomes silent. That silent, abiding state of mind is called yoga, which is conducive for the knowledge. Apparamattas-tadabhavati. Then one becomes apparamattaha, one becomes enlightened meaning one gains the knowledge. So for understanding the self as silence, it is necessary that mind should also be silent, obviously. For understanding myself as happy, the mind also should be happy. So relative happiness is necessary to discover the happiness which is a self, or relative silence is necessary to discover the silence which is a self, and so silence of the mind, making the mind free from dislikes and dislikes, as well as making it free from the chattering and fluttering also, is a very important thing. <coughs> Are you saying this by yourself or do you find this anywhere else? Where do you find the need for such a silent mind emphasized? Etat param vasishthena ramaya bahudha iridam There is a text called Yoga Vasishtha and is very famous and very much liked by a certain circle of people and so Panchavasikar also falls in that category who likes that text and very often refers to that and you find there many familiar terms like Vasana, Nasha, etc. from which the, for which the source is this Yoga Vasishtha says Etat Padam Vasishthena this Padam or this state of mind the need for a silent mind Vasishthena by the sage Vasishtha Ramaya Bahuda Idram. Yoga Vasishta is a dialogue between Sage Vasishta and Lord Rama. So Rama is the disciple there, and Vasishta is the Guru, and Vasishta gives this impartial teaching to Rama. It's a very huge, very long text. And Bahuda, in many ways, Sage Vasishta 
has emphasized the importance of the silent mind to Rama in many ways. Sritikagara avrutika manovasthanasya purushasatve pramanam aha. This manovasthanam avrutika manovasthanam. This state of the mind which is devoid of all the vrittis, meaning devoid of any chattering or fluttering. The mind which is naturally silent. Not a forced silence, but then mind which is, natu- which is naturally silent or abiding. This itself is purusharkam. Meaning this is where the effort is required. So where the effort is required, ultimately knowledge takes place effortlessly. When the right kind of mind is exposed to the teaching, or when it contemplates upon the teaching of Vedanta, then knowledge takes place. But where effort is required, purusharkam is required, is in attainment of that kind of a mind. Avrutyaka manovasthanam. So, manasaha avasthanam. That state, abiding state of the mind. That is purushasa and tasmin pramamaha. Says here that this is purusha. This is something that a seeker has to achieve for which the pramanam, the, the, the means is quoted here. Etaspadamiti. Yadatpada means yam dasha, this state of mind, Ramaya Vasisthena Bahuda Iritam, in various ways, Sage Vasistha has shown the importance of this state to Lord Rama. <coughs> Where do you find this? Vasistha Shloka Duryavakyam Udaharati. The two verses are quoted here from Yoga Vasistha. <coughs> Verse 64 and 65. So, 奈斯蒂伊斯波德纳，曼萨哈德什玛阿杰纳姆萨班纳姆切，萨达，帕拉尼尔瓦纳尼尔布特希，乌特曼纳。这是德什玛奈斯蒂伊斯波德纳，巴
మనస దృశ్య మార్జనం సంపన్నం చే మార్జనం మీన్స్ స్వీపింగ్ అవే విత్ మైండ్ ఇస్ క్లీన్ ఆర్ స్వెప్ట్ అవే ఆఫ్ ఆల్ ద దృశ్య ఆఫ్ ఆల్ ది ఆబ్జెక్టివిటీ దెన్ వాట్ రిమైన్స్ మైండ్ బికమ్స్ అబాయిడింగ్ ఎస్ లాంగ్ ఎస్ దెర్ ఈస్ సర్టన్ ఆబ్జెక్ట్ ఇన్ ద మైండ్ సో లాంగ్ ద మైండ్ ఈస్ మూవింగ్ వెన్ ఎవర్ మైండ్ థింగ్స్ ఆఫ్ సమ్థింగ్ అదర్ దెన్ ఇస్టర్వ్ సో లాంగ్ ద మైండ్ ఈస్ యాక్టివ్ బట్ వెన్ దెర్ ఈస్ నథింగ్ అదర్ దెన్ ఇస్టర్వ్ టు థింక్ దెన్ ద మైండ్ బికమ్స్ సైలెంట్ so what is it that in fact makes the mind active is a reality given to the drushyam or reality given to the world so as long as world is real so long it is going to become a source of like or dislike source of pleasure or pain a thing can become the source of pleasure or pain as long as i impute reality to that thing when i recently realize that there is no reality in that so the other day when once i was invited for shiksha and i was am made to wait out there and then the lady of the house went inside to prepare you know and sometimes it takes a long time either you reach in too early or my wedding estimate the time or whatever it is but sometimes it takes a pretty long time for them to prepare dinner must have taken about half an hour and i was sitting there and very hungry looking around as to what to do then on the dining table which was there i saw some fruits very tempting apples and grapes and, and so i said well anyway big size will come but perhaps in the meantime i can help myself with a little bit and so nobody was there in the room quietly i got up and went there and picked up an apple immediately put it back it just turned out apple was made of plastic you know it was a plastic apple so these days particularly in united states everywhere you find false flower i don't know why people are very fond of this wherever you go flowers flowers plants everything so I, whenever i look at plant now i wonder what is it now is it real or not you know because so many times we have been deceived thinking that it is real and ultimately you are told that it is not real it is some cloth or it's silk or it is plastic or something paper or whatever so now that i know that the apple then the grapes also all the all, all this fruit basket everything was only false there was nothing real there disappointed i came back so now still as far as perception is concerned it looks like a real apple and real grapes but i know the truth it is what mithya and now that apple cannot create in me any desire to enjoy it. so i must have deliberated for 15 minutes to eat or not you know as long as i thought that it was real and so long it can certainly create in me a desire to enjoy it once i discover that then it is false it is mithya so yad sat bhasamanam tan mithya and the definition was given which is not really there but appears to be there apple is not there but look appears to be like an apple so it's called mithya apple some kind of form is there but appleness is not there Now when I discovered, I have dispassion for that apple. Toru vairagya. That apple cannot create in me no desire, I mean any desire for enjoying it. And this is how we have to become free from the desire. If the apple is there and I don't look there, that's another way of turning away from apple. And so, vishayaha vinivartante niraharat sadehinaha. You can turn your face away and thus create a distance between you and the object. But then, that rasa that fascination for the apple or desire to enjoy the apple remains there but having discovered that the apple is mithya it doesn't have anything then even when you are with it or if it is in front of you it doesn't create any desire in you
and thus we have to know the mithyatvam of the duality, dual world. Now mind doesn't think of apple. And so similarly also, when I realize that whatever the reason the creation is mithya, so neha nana kinchana, ityari shrutya, adhidiya brahma dirikta jagat abhava jnanena, manasahasakasa drushti nivaranam sampannam chet, so Shruti says, Kathopanishad, Bhasadarani Gopanishad, Nehana Nasti Kinchana, Iha Kinchana Nana Nasti, here in this creation, Kinchana, whatever, Anumatram Api, Nana Nasti. Nana means duality or variety. There is no variety or duality, whatever, in this creation. And so whatever duality is perceived is Mithya. This is what the Shruti declares. And when that Bodha occurs in me, when I examine the nature of drushyam, the nature of what is objectified, and I realize that whatever I perceive is an effect which resolves into its own cause, which is an effect resolves into its own cause and ultimately resolves into only existence, and that what I perceive is nothing but asti and bhati and priyam appearing in these different names and forms, and this is when, this is what when I know that what there is, is asti, bhati and priyam. In all this variety, in the, at the level of names and forms, is not the ultimate reality. Ultimate reality is only asti bhati priyam. Then this name and form does not create any kind of an impact upon me, because I know the mithyatma of this vehicle, this is a costume. Asti bhati priyam comes before me in the costume of name and form. <coughs> so, advitiya brahma atirikta jagat abhava jnanena that what is called jagat, jayate the jagat, that which is born, namely names and forms, abhava, they are really non-existent or unreal. It is jnana, and whatever is, what is real is only Brahman. There is nothing other than Brahman which is real. Manasaha sakasat, drushyanivaranam, sampannam says. Mind will think of drushyam or the objects as long as mind thinks that these things are real. When it is known that this is not real, then mind becomes free from those thoughts, objective thoughts. Then, tarhi sampannam ched yadi, if this is done, tarhi then, para nirvana nirvati uspanna. What is nirvana nirvati? Para means niradishayam. Nirvana nirvati moksha sukham. Utpanna means nishpannam. Then may you know that now, para nirvana nirvati. Nirvana means moksha. Nirvati means ananda. Therefore, para nirvati. Para means nirvisham, unsurpassable. Moksha sukham, happiness that moksha is, one is attained. When the mind becomes totally free from any thoughts of duality, on account of the knowledge that duality is mithya, and thus mind becomes totally free from any thoughts of duality, then the mind abides in the non-dual, which is the self, and this is the Param Moksha Sukham or the unsurpassable happiness that Moksha is. So may you know this. When do I know that I have this Moksha? When do I know? Or what's the nature of this knowledge? Is that when I have discovered the Mithyatma of the duality and mind no more dwells on the duality. And then mind abides in the non-dual. <coughs> so this is called Manas Tishthati Mukhavat. That mind abides silently. It doesn't have anything to chatter about, doesn't have anything to say, because whatever there is other than Atma is known to the Mithya. 
In the second verse is quoted from Yoga Sastra, verse 65. Vicharitamalam Shastram Chiramudgrahitam Nithaha Santyaktavasana Maunat Rite Nastyuttamam Padam No, Sage Vasistha says himself in one place to, to Rama, he says, Vicharitam Alam Shastram. Alam is Atyartham. One meaning of Alam is Atyartham, extensively. Shastram Alam Vicharitam. I have extensively deliberated upon the Shastra, upon the scriptures. Chiram Udgrahitam Mithaha. Mitha means Parasparam. Mitha means mutual. Parasparam means so chiram for a long time mitha udgrahitam so in the form of the dialogue between the guru and the disciple the shastra also has been expounded by me for a great length of time so sage vasishtha says i have myself studied the scriptures extensively and i have expounded the scriptures to my disciples for a length of time says tikagar kincha advaita shastram alam satyartam vicharitam so, a sister says that I have deliberated upon or contemplated upon the Advaita Shastra. Tatha, Mitha means Parasparam, Guru Shishyadi Samvada Dwara, Chiram meaning Chirakalam, Udgrahitam Pratyayitam Cha. Tatha, Parasparam, with each other, Guru Shishyadi Samvada Dwara. There is a Samvada, a dialogue between Guru and Shishya. So, Guru gives the Upadesha. And Shishya asks various questions. There are many doubts there, and he keeps on asking the questions, and the doubts are resolved by the teacher. So this Purupaksha and Samadhanam, or Samshaya Samadhanam. So there are Samshaya or the doubts on the part of the disciple, and the teacher keeps on resolving those doubts. This is called Samvada or dialogue. Like the Samvada we have between Lord Krishna and Arjuna, where Arjuna raises variety of doubts and questions, and Lord Krishna keeps on resolving them. This method of communication is called Samvada. And what should properly take place between Guru and Shishya is Samvada. <coughs> this is Guru Shishyadi Samvada Dwara. Through this Samvada or dialogue between Guru and Shishya. Chirakalam Udgrahitam Pratyayitam Cha. He says, I have made my disciples also see the truth. Pratyayitam meaning made them see. So Pratyay means knowledge or conviction. Pratyayatam, I have created that conviction in my disciples also. So I have myself studied the scriptures and contemplated upon them extensively, and I have expounded the same truth to my disciples also for a great length of time. Okay, this, so he shows his qualification. That, thus, by saying this, sage Vasistha, in fact, creates a background for what he's going to say next. That I am competent to say what I am going to say now. So sometimes Swami used to say, you know, sometimes uh, when I think once giving talk in, in Kuimsor on uh, management, personnel management, at one point Swami says, well, I'm a successful manager, he says, you know. It's interesting, it's amazing, Swami claiming something like that, isn't it? I have managed many institutions and I continue to manage some and many people also I manage and therefore I am a successful manager and therefore I am qualified to say what I am going to say. 
The idea is that what makes you qualified to make a statement? So what credentials do you have to make a statement? Well, Sage Vasishta says, I have the credentials because I have studied the scriptures in and out, not only studied and deliberated upon them, but communicated them. And then the doubts arise. Again, the teacher also is made to think when you ask questions. And that, in that manner, for a long time, this has been going on. And thus, I am competent to say something about the scriptures. Says, evam kritva kim nishchitam. All right. In this manner, after having done this, after you having studied and thought, kim nishchitam, what nishchaya or ascertainment or what conviction have you come to? So what is your conviction? After having studied and taught the scriptures. Says, second line, Santyaktavasanaan maunat rute nasti uttamam padam. Says, maunat rute, without the maunam, uttamam padam nasti. Says, uttamam padam, that most exalted abode or most exalted state or meaning moksha or the liberation of freedom cannot be Nature of the silence, Santyakta Vasanat, Maunat. So that mind from which all the Vasanas have been gone away completely. So mind which is totally free from the Vasanas. And thus mind is silent because what makes the mind disturbed or chattering are all those Vasanas. So mind which is silent on account of having become free from all the Vasanas. Without that mind, Uttamam Padam Nasti. Says the Tita, Santyakta means Samyak, Parityakta, Kamadi Vasana. Understand what is meant by the word Vasana is Kamadi Vasana. Vasana means Kama Krodha. So when they use the word Vasana, we can understand it as Raga and Dvesha. So as long as this defects of Kama Krodha, meaning the passion and anger, as long as these things are there, mind certainly cannot be quiet. And so to make the mind quiet, it must be made free from this, this passion and anger or likes and dislikes. So by the word vasana, it meant ragadvesha. Not necessarily tendencies, meaning the mind cannot be made totally free of thoughts. It is not to make it thoughtless, but it has to be made free from this, this impact of the likes and dislikes. Definitely mind should be totally free from the sway of likes and dislikes and that is what is meant by freedom from vasana not freedom from thinking but freedom from so there must be independence in the mind mind should not be under the spell of dislikes and dislikes so samyak parityakta kamadi vasanat manasah tushnim bhavad maunad means tushnim bhavad then mind becomes silent when it becomes free from these vasanas of the nature of kama and krodha and also this manorajya, meaning the wandering or the restlessness of the mind. So, when mind is silent in this manner, rute adhikaha purushadha nasti. So, another way to say is that there is no greater achievement than a mind which is silent, which is free from this ragadvesha and, and mala and vikshepa. Vikshepa means distraction. Free from likes and dislikes and distraction. So, mind that is silent silent on account of freedom from likes and dislikes and distraction. So, greater than that silent mind, there is no achievement. 
So what is the purushartha? The purushartha means the human goal or the human end or that which we have to achieve as a result of an effort is a mind that is totally silent on account of being free from likes and dislikes and distraction. He says, beyond that, there is no greater achievement. Once you achieve that mind, then knowledge is simple because that mind can easily grasp what these scriptures have to say. <coughs> and without that, you cannot have the Purushasa and when that is there, then the Purushasa is achieved. It is Nishchitam. And so Sage Vasistha says that attainment of that kind of mind is the highest goal or the highest end for the human being to achieve. <coughs> so that is where karma is required. To acquire the state of mind, karma is required. To gain knowledge, gaining knowledge is not karma. But to acquire a mind which has a disposition, which is proper for, the, for gaining the knowledge, well that requires an effort. That's called purushartha here. <coughs> evam nirvrittikasya chittasya prarabdha karmana vikshebe sati tat pratikara upayaha kaha idya pekshayam aha Suppose now you attain the mind which is silent. Which means within you now you conquer dislikes and dislikes and distractions and this is called nirvrittikam chittam. Chitta or a mind that is free from vritti. Let us have not vritti means thought but mind that is free from this right dislikes dislikes and distraction prarabdha karmana now the wise man continues his body and his faculties continue his mind also continues to be there as long as prarabdha karma is there and the wise man also is exposed to variety of situations it's possible that again some vikshaba or distraction can come on account of some past samskara which may arise because we don't know everything about the mind it is possible that a particular situation may bring about sudden past samskaras to the surface. And suppose vikshebe, suppose the mind gets disturbed, suppose some kama krodha arises or the mind gets distracted, tat pratikara upaya kaha. Then what is the upaya of the method for pratikara? So what is the method for dealing with that mind? Suppose having achieved that silence of the mind, if the mind does get disturbed, on account of factors which are not within my control, then what is the method of dealing with that? It is With that question, we said in verse 66. Vikshipyate kadachidhihi Karmana bhogadayina Punas Samahita Sasyad Tadaiva Bhyasa Padavad Kadachit Vikshipede Kadachit Dihi Karmana Bhogadayana Kadachit for at some time Bhogadayana Karmana Dihi Vikshipede said if you find that bhogadayana karmana, bhogadayana means bhogapradena, means prarabdha karmana. So bhogadayana karmana, by the karma which is meant to give you bhoga or variety of experiences. So that is one thing that remains for a wise man also and that is to go through life which is dictated by prarabdha, means wise man has delivered himself to the hands of prarabdha. So prarabdha brings to him variety of situations. And he gains all those different experiences. 
Therefore, we say that prarabdha karma is bhogadai, that is present before you variety of experiences. And bhogena eva nashyate, prarabdha cannot be destroyed except for ex- exhaust, cannot be exhausted without the experience. And so prarabdha karma does bring about a variety of experiences for a wise man also. Bhoga pradena prarabdha karma dihimis buddhihi kadachit vikshipyadeche. At some time it may happen that you find that the mind is disturbed on account of some situation that the prarabdha karma presents before you. Tarhi punas samahita sasyat tadaiva abhyasa patavat. Then again, one must make an effort to make the mind abiding. Should not just, I mean, you know, one should be alert, that's the idea. Should not take the mind for granted. And so, as far as mind is concerned, one should be alert. That's why Lord Krishna says, Shaknoti hai vayasodham prak sharira vimokshanat kamak krodhod bhavam vegam sayuktaha sa sukhi naraham. So, prak sharira vimokshanat until the body drops off, meaning until the death, shaknoti hayavayasodham kamak. So, one who is able to sustain or one is able to contain that force of the passion that arises on account of kama and krodha. So, when kama or the passion arises or krodha anger arises in the mind, it brings about a force and one is able to contain that. So, that Shankaraja explains. How come Lord says that prak sharira vimokshanat that one must be alert about this until one is alive. Why is it necessary that you should be so alert about Kama Krodha? He says, well, there are any number of reasons which can bring about Kama Krodha. So, we don't know all the ways of the mind and we do not also know what effect various situations will have upon the mind and so the occasions for the Kama Krodha to arise are countless. Countless as well as not predictable. And that being the case, one must be always alert. And that's what is being said here. That suppose this prarabdha karma, meaning the situations of life, do bring about some disturbance in the mind, then one should not just let it go or one should be negligent about it. Uh, so that should not be pramada. Pramada should not be there. Tarhi sa buddhi abhyasa patavat abhyasa dharadhyat tadaiva punarabhi Again by Abhyasa. Yato yato nishtaradi manas chanchalam asturam tatastataha niyam nyaitat atman niyava vasham nayet. Lord says in 6th chapter, yato yato nishtaradi. For whatever reason you find that your mind is distracted. Manas chanchalam asturam. Because mind is unsteady. It is restless. And therefore you find the mind runs out. For whatever reason you find the mind running out into different objects away from you, tatastataha niyamya, then you must bring it back from those particular reasons. So we must analyze what is it that creates this distraction of the mind. Is it the mind has some fascination or what is it? And we should discover the reason for the distraction of the mind and release the mind from that cause, atmaniyavasamnayet, and again bring it back up to the self, make it abiding again. And this is something that one has to constantly do. <coughs> and this is called Abhyasa. So Abhyasa and Vairagya. So this is Abhyasa. When you find that, because Vairagya is there. Ragadvesha, etc. has largely gone away. But on account of some situation, the mind does get disturbed. You know, Swami always gives the illustration of a ten-year-old dog. 
You know how the Tanger doll that you heard? No, he's not talked about Tanger doll. Yeah. In Tanger, in South India, you get a doll which has a very heavy base. And so the doll, even if you topple it, it'll immediately come back to a straight position because the base is very heavy. The center of gravity is there. And similar is the mind of the wise man. It may get momentarily toppled because of a situation. Like a tender doll comes back again, does not come under the spell of a thing. So by abhyasa, you must bring it back again and again. So abhyasa dardhya, dardhya means by drudata, again by the strength of the abhyasa or the practice, punarapi samahita syad. Once again, that mind also should be samahitam, should be made single pointed. So, again, emphasis upon the mind, to emphasis upon the silence or single-pointedness or abiding, abidance of the mind. <coughs> in now the few, in the few verses, the chapter is concluded. Sada chitta vikshaya parahitasya brahma vitmapi opachari kamityaha and the one who enjoys an abiding mind like this, one whose mind is free from any distraction in this manner, you cannot even call him Brahmavit or nor of Brahman. In fact, he is Brahman. The idea is that which separates me from Brahman is his mind. And when the mind doesn't have any likes and dislikes, mind is enlightened and mind is silent, then in fact there is no disturbance, I mean there is no wall or there is no nothing that separates me from Brahman. So there is that, even that Nora Brahman, in fact, is Brahman alone. So even to call him Nora Brahman also is not proper, better call him Brahman. And that's what is said in the verse 67. Vikshepo yasyanastyasya Brahma vitvan namanyate Brahmaivayamitiprahuhu Vikshepo yastanasti, one whose mind doesn't have any vikshepo or distraction, meaning mind is abiding. Asti brahma vitvam namanyade paradarshinaha, paradarshinaha vedanta paragaha. So those who are seen in and out of Vedanta, so those who are seen beyond Vedanta, the whole para. So one has gone across Vedanta, meaning those who know the truth of Vedanta, they say that one who enjoys an abiding mind is not a knower of Brahman. They don't call him Brahmavit or knower of Brahman. Then what do they call him? Brahmaivayamiti Prahuhu. In fact, they say that he is Brahman alone. Munayaha Paradarshinaha. So, Paradarshinaha Munayaha. Those contemplative sages who know the truth of Vedanta say, that this wise man who enjoys a mind which is abiding, which is free from any chattering or fluttering or any reactions, is not really a knower of Brahman. He is Brahman himself. There is no difference between this knower of Brahman and Brahman because Brahma Veda, Brahma Yobhavati. When one knows Brahman, then one becomes Brahman because one is Brahman. And so this enlightened mind, in fact, eliminates the duality between the knower and the known. <coughs> This, uh, this Manisha Panjagam also. 
ब्रह्मैव न ब्रह्मवित यस्मिन नित्य सुखाम वधो गलित धिर ब्रह्मैव न ब्रह्मवित इन सुखाम बुद्धि इन दिस ओशन ऑफ आनंद वन इज टोटली अब्सॉर्ब नॉट नियर नोर अ ब्रह्मन ही इज ब्रह्मन हिमसेल्फ अत्रापि वशिष्ठ वाक्य मुदाहरते इन सपोर्ट ऑफ दिस अगेन द ऑथर कोर्स इज ए वर्स फ्रॉम योग वशिष्ठ दर्शना दर्शने स्वयं केवल रूपत यस्तिष्ठति सतो ब्रह्मन ब्रह्मन ब्रह्म विस्वयम अगेन सेज वशिष्ठ अड्रेसिंग राम इज कॉलिंग इम ब्रह्मन द सेकेंड लाइन ब्रह्मन इज द संबोधन ऑफ द वर्ड ब्रह्मन हे ब्रह्मन सो राम इज कॉल ब्रह्मन नॉट ब्राह्मण ब्रह्मन ऑल्सो कैन मीन ब्राह्मीन बट इज क्षत्रिय ब्रह्मन कैन मीन परम ब्रह्म बट हियर ब्रह्मन इज ब्रह्म भवित इच्छु मीन ब्रह्म जिज्ञासु ओ नो ओ डिजायर द वन हु इज डिजायर्स ऑफ नोइंग ब्रह्मन हे ब्रह्मन दर्शना दर्शन हित्वा हैविंग गिवन ऑफ दर्शनम एंड दर्शनम वॉट इज दर्शनम ब्रह्म जानामी वन सेज आई नो ब्रह्मन अदर्शनम ब्रह्म न जानामी अनुमन सेज आई डू नॉट नो ब्रह्मन सो वन वज बिकम फ्री फ्रॉम दिस कैंड ऑफ नोशन दैट आई नो ब्रह्मन और आई डू नॉट नो ब्रह्मन अविज्ञातम विजानताम विज्ञातम अविजानताम एस किनो पनिषद सेज अविज्ञातम विजानताम दो पीपल हु क्लेम टू नो ब्रह्मन ब्रह्मन इज अनोन टू दैम विज्ञातम अविजानताम बट दो डू नॉट क्लेम by them brahman is known and so the knower of brahman doesn't say that i know brahman when can you say i know brahman when brahman is different from i so when i say i know a particular thing then that itself reveals a duality between the knower and the known so brahman it doesn't say or it doesn't think meaning his knowledge is not of this nature that i know brahman because then i becomes a knower of brahman and brahman becomes the object of knowledge and that reveals a duality between the knower and known so wise man doesn't know brahman as something different from him so even though aupacharikataya in a, in a, in, a uh, in a sense it may be said secondary me or a figurative sense it may be said that i know brahman it is not in the sense that i know brahman as i know a part or a class but he knows brahman is a very self and therefore to say i know brahman also is not proper in as much as that seems to involve or imply duality while that is a knowledge which in fact eliminates the duality and therefore brahman is not known as different from oneself not is i don't know brahman then of course he doesn't know it so he doesn't say that i do not know not as he say i know so noon aveda iti veda chet he says you know noon aveda so uh, in 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 kanopanishad this dialogue is there you know that if you yadi manyase suvedeti If you say that you know Brahman very well, noonam ne noonam eva api dharam vetthatvam Brahmano rupam, then you know only a very little of Brahman, and therefore you better think about it again. After the mimam samiti, I say that you still have to reflect upon this. Then he says, naham manne suvedeti. I do not say that I know Brahman very well. Then what do you say? Noon aveda. Not that I do not know. Veda cha. I know it also. and i do not know it also i mean that's a peculiar knowledge so that knowledge which eliminates the duality between the known and the known 
and so wise men doesn't have this con- this notion of darshanam or adarshanam because uh, uh, what is it anya devata viditat atho aviditat adhi it is different from the known and yet another and unknown that's what is meant here by darshana darshane hitva when the mind, wise man knows brahman in this manner then svayam kevala rupatah svavahara dvayam parityajya this kind of vyavahara or this kind of declaration is not there or this concept notion is not there kevala rupam kevala rupatah svayam advitiye chaitanya matra rupena avatishthade then one abides as the very brahman which is chaitanyam the awareness which is advitiyam saha svayam brahmeva na brahmavit he is in fact brahma alone not the knower of brahman <coughs> ಸಕಲದ್ವೈತವಿವೇಚನಂ ಉಪಸಂಹರತಿ or the chapter dealing with the dvaita viveka discrimination of dvaita upasamharadi he concludes that in this last verse <coughs> jivan mukte parakashtha jivan dvaita vivarjanad labhyate savato tredam ಜೀವನ್ಮುಕ್ತೆ ಪರಾಕಾಷ್ಟ ಜೀವದ್ವೈತವಿವರ್ಜನಾಭ್ಯತೆ ಹೌ ಕೆನ್ ಯು ಅಥೈನ್ ದಿ ಪರಾಕಾಷ್ಟ ದಿ ಅಲ್ಟಿಮೇಟ್ ಅಥೈನ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಪರಾಕಾಷ್ಟ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ವಿಚ್ ದರ್ ಇಸ್ ನಥಿಂಗ್ ಜೀವನ್ಮುಕ್ತೆ ದಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ಜೀವನ್ಮುಕ್ತಿ so jivan mukti means the one who is free while living and the parakashtha is absolute abidance in brahman where even the duality between the knower and the known is not there meaning even the knower of brahman is not there brahman alone is that's the parakashtha the ultimate in the jivan mukti jivadvaita vivarjanat labhyate that can be attained by vivarjanat by giving up this jivadvaitam meaning the duality projected by the jiva so Therefore, asau ataha atraidam ishadvaitad vivechitam. What's the reason why in this chapter throughout we discussed the two kinds of duality, one that is projected by Ishwara, other one that is projected by Jiva, and we first discussed the duality projected by Ishwara, saying how mayopahita chaitanyam creates a duality, creates the whole universe, enters the universe, and then becomes deluded. and then starts projecting his own duality so ishwara srishti dvaitam was also discussed then jiva srishti dvaitam was also discussed by showing how in every perception like a ghata there is a mrunmaya ghata a part made up of clay and also there is a manomaya ghata a part made in the mind an illustration was given how one person one woman for example is looked upon differently there is that person there created by the lord but someone looks upon her as mother someone looks upon her as sister someone looks upon her as daughter someone looks upon her as wife and so on and so forth 
Thus, everyone has a different mental picture. So, there is a physical reality, objective reality is there in terms of that woman being the creation of the Lord. But how upon that the individual projects variety of concepts? And that is called Jeeva Dvaitam. And it was then subsequently shown how it is the duality that is projected by the individual that is the cause of bondage and not what is created by Ishvara. By different illustration it was said that when the mind is functioning, when mind is projecting as in the waking and dream state, then there is a samsara. In deep sleep when the mind does not project, there is no samsara. And was said also that this man's son is in a faraway place. Now someone comes and tells him that the son is dead. Even though the son is not dead, this man thinks that the son is dead. So physical son is not dead, the mental son is dead and that makes him sad. Or the son may be dead in a faraway place, he doesn't know. And so physical son is dead but the mental son is alive and then still the person is happy. That shows that the happiness and unhappiness are created not by the person out there but by the person in your mind. And so the Sukha Dukkha, the Samsara, is purely a creation of the mind and therefore that is the thing that should be given up. And so at great length it was discussed how this Ragadveshas or Kamakrodha, all of that, how it should be given up by Abhyasa and Vairagya. And so how again by these practices of Abhyasa or this Pranava, Japa, etc., how the mind can be made silent. So that is all the silencing of Jiva Dvaitam, not Ishwara Dvaitam. For wise man also the Ishwara Dvaitam or Ishwara Srishti remains. But what is given up by wise man is Jiva Srishti. So when they talk of Manonasha, destruction of the mind, it is this mind that we are talking about, which is what? The projecting mind. The mind which has this samskara or Ragadvesha. The mind which has this distractions, etc. So that Ragadvesha and Vikshepa, that is something that has to completely go and that is what we would call Manonasha. And such a mind can easily become silent at will because then it is wise man who decides to use the mind for his vyavahara and just as a tortoise can in fact withdraw his organs at will, so to the wise man has the freedom to withdraw the mind at will and mind can become silent and abiding. And therefore, in fact, for him, the mind is not there in as much as mind does not create any problem for him. <coughs> and thus, he, when his mind is just totally silent, there is no difference between the wise man, the knower of Brahman and Brahman. And so even that duality also is completely resolved, which is supposed to be the ultimate in Jivan Mukti. So that can be attained by the total elimination of Jivadvaitam. And therefore in this chapter, we have expounded the twofold duality and distinguished the creation of the Jiva from the creation of the Ishwara so that we recognize what is Jiva Srishti, what is it that it should be given up and what cannot be given up. Because there is no way that you can give up Ishwara Srishti. What is created by Lord cannot be given up by you or destroyed by you. However, what is created by me can be destroyed. And therefore it is said in Bhagavad Gita also, the tasmada apariharyase natvam shochidum arhasi. Hey Arjuna, something that you cannot change or something that you cannot do anything about, there is no point in, in grieving about. If people are born, they will die also. That's the way of the world. That's how the Lord has created the universe. And you can't uh, afford to, to be sad about those things. The sun rises in the morning, 
sex in the evening, suppose you start weeping every morning when the sun is rising, or you start weeping when the sun is setting, what are you going to do about it? There's something that you cannot change, and therefore you have to know that the Ishwara Srishti, and there is nothing you can do, fine. However, upon the Ishwara Srishti, if you have created your own thing, the sun is beautiful and good and ugly and whatever it is, then that is something that causes pleasure and pain, and that should be given up. So thus, there is something that I should do about. That's why we seek the tranquility and or serenity. Giving the serenity to know what I can change and what I cannot change. So, and the wisdom also, to know the difference between the two. So, giving the serenity to accept what I cannot change, giving the courage to change what I can, and wisdom to know the difference between the two. So, what's the wisdom? What I cannot change is Ishwara Srishti. And I should have courage to change the Jiva Srishti. And the wisdom is required to know the difference between the two. So, therefore, that wisdom is provided here by giving the difference. That Jiva Srishti is something that I can do something about, I should do. Ishwara Srishti is something I cannot do anything about. So, I should learn to accept it. I should learn to be happy with it. At the same time, I should make an effort to also become free from the creation of my own mind. <coughs> and in order to enable the seekers to do that, the author says here, we have elaborated and we have shown these two kinds of Dvaita distinctly so that we know what is Heyam and what is uh, Upadayam. So what is to be given up and what is to be retained. That, that Viveka is very necessary. We should be very clear what is it that should be given up and what is it that should be retained or cannot be given up. Because each Vasrushti is not Vadhakam. It is not an obstacle to knowledge. In fact, it is Sadhakam. It becomes helpful means to knowledge in as much as I can, I can, it's a, it's a field of worship and also again the duality in the form of the teacher, student, etc. All of that becomes a means of knowledge and therefore Ishvara Dvaitam is Sadhakam into Bhatakam. While Jiva Dvaitam in terms of Kama Krodha and Mano, uh, this Vikshepa is Bhatakam and therefore that should be eliminated. <coughs> and so the Tikagara says, Ukta Prakara Jivan Muktehe Parakashtha Nerdisha Parivasana Bhumihi Jiva Dvaitasya So Asau, Asau means Ukta Prakara Jivan Muktehe Parakashtha This ultimate in Jivan Mukti Nerdisha Parivasana Bhumihi So what is the ultimate that a Jivan Mukta can achieve? Jiva Dvaitasya Manomaya Prapanjasya Vivarjanat by the total giving up of this Pramanomaya Prapancha, the creation of the mind, which is Jivadvaitam, so Labhyate, one can attain that ultimate end in life by totally giving up this Manomaya Dvaitam, where ignorance also is part of Jiva creation. Labhyate, Prapyate, Ataha Karana, for that reason, Idam Jivadvaitam, Ishadvaitat, Ishvara Srishtadvaitat, Vivechitam. And for that reason, Vivechanam means Vivichya Pradashitam. We have discussed and shown separately and distinctly the Jiva Dvaita as distinct from the Ishvara Dvaita because it is Jiva Dvaita which is to be given up in order to attain what is called Jivan Muktihi. And thus, by pursuing the subject matter of this chapter, one can attain Jivan Muktihi because this is the means of Jivan Mukti, it is the elimination of Jiva Dvaitam. <coughs> 
इति श्रीमत् परमहंस परिव्राजकाचार्य श्री भारती तीर्थ विद्यारण्य मुनिवर्यकृत पंचदश्याम द्वैत विवेक समाप्त दिस चैप्टर कॉल्ड द्वैत विवेक कंक्लूडेड फोर्थ चैप्टर ऑफ पंचदशी पूर्णमद पूर्णमद पूर्णमुद्यद पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवशिष्य ओ शाशाशाशा शंकर शंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे भगवतुनस्नो गुरुरात्मे मूर्तिद विभागिने व्योम व्याप्तहाय दक्षिणमूर्त नम ओ शाशाशाशा हरि ओ श्रीगुरभ्यो नम हरि ओ